Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. 10 o'clock on this uh, Wednesday, the ninth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2018. My administration is doing everything in our power to help those impacted by the situation. But the only solution is for Democrats to pass a spending bill that defends our borders and reopens the government. This situation could be solved in a 45-minute meeting. It absolutely could if Democrats would just go back and remind themselves of what they have already voted for, and that is border security and border barriers. But this isn't about border security for them. This is about politics. It's about 2020, and it's about not caving to the will of Donald Trump for the fear of losing their base. All right, thanks to Daniel Horowitz, who joined us last half hour. I want to welcome now to the program uh, Emory McClendon, he is representative of Project 21, a leading voice of black conservatives for over 25 years, an organization that is dedicated to securing our southern border and stopping the flow of illegal immigration to this country because of the terribly negative impact it has, or as Peter Kirsten, I would say, the deleterious impact that it has uh, on all Americans, but specifically on black Americans. And uh, Emory, thanks so much for coming on this morning. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much for uh, having me on the show this morning to talk about this uh, most important subject. Well, I read uh, Project 21's uh, press release on this, and I, I just knew I had to talk to some of you fine folks because you're so spot on. I talked to uh, a friend uh, that I just mentioned, Peter Kirstenow. Uh He is a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. He and I have discussed on many occasions, and he has taken this to the national stage on Tucker Carlson's show on numerous occasions as well. The terrible impact that unchecked illegal immigration has on the job prospects primarily for African Americans who disproportionately are represented in the low-skilled labor market, the same market that so many of these non-English-speaking illegal immigrants coming into this country are coming into and competing uh, for those jobs. That is a negative impact on black American work, and yet, Emory, the left will tell you that the president is a racist. When the president tries to to build border security, he is actually looking out for the interests, in many respects, of African Americans. Am I right? You're absolutely right, and that's been proven over the past two years. It was also proven uh, during his campaigning before he became president. You know, and he challenged blacks by asking a, a very important question. I'm sure that very many people still remember. And he says, "What have they got to lose?" You know, and and the question now is. Why are they losing? Because he's offered so much and put so much on the table. He's had black leaders in the White House. He's had summits. He's had uh, conferences. He's had uh, different, gone around to different places around the country and pleaded with the, the black leaders to uh, give his programs a chance to work because what he's actually trying to do is rebuild the black community and rebuild pride and the sense of worth and look at the uh, employment rate in the black community since the president has taken office and why the black leaders won't tout this and continue to uh, to jump on this bandwagon, it surprises all of us over on the conservative side. 
Uh, Emery, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, specifically illegal immigration and the Project 21 uh, uh, stance on this. Um, in the blueprint for a better deal for black America that your organization has uh, has come up with, there's a 57-point plan, and I'm looking right at the press release, for removing barriers blocking blacks from empl- empowerment and from ensuring they have a chance of attaining the American dream. And there are four specific recommendations that deal with illegal immigration and how illegal immigration gets in the way of the American dream being achievable and attainable by black Americans. Can you tell us about those four points? Yeah, we begin, you know, basically with barring illegal aliens from accessing any public services except emergency services. And that's very important because what is happening here is the services that were intended for our American people, especially for those that are hard hit and hard hit in the, uh, the ghettos and in the black community, are being denied because there's not enough money to go around anymore because the money is being spent on those who are coming in illegally and starving up on all of those um, uh, monies so that it's hurting the people who really need need that money that are actually public citizens who have paid into those services who now cannot receive funding back when they are in need. And then secondly... Uh, we want Before you go on, before you, if I may, Emery, I want to follow up on that. Emery McClendon is my guest, representing Project Twenty One, a uh, a strong organization of Black conservatives. Um, Emery, um, just in the last two days, we heard Mayor Bill De Blasio in New York City and Gavin Newsom, the incoming governor of the state of California, announced that both of their two entities, New York City and the state of California, are going to provide health care for all full-on, taxpayer-funded health care for everyone, including illegal immigrants in their community. That flies right in, in in the state of California. That flies right in the face of point number one that you just brought up on uh, on the blueprint for a better deal for black America. They're giving them all kinds of public services, including free health care. That's absolutely correct. And, and, and like I said, the problem lies that they haven't put in one red cent to the system, they're illegal, which is very pertinent to the point. And those people who are living on the streets in California, out in Los Angeles, San Diego, and so forth, just in droves. The situation out there is terrible. They cannot receive anything. And look at our homeless veterans. You know, it's the same thing. And many of those are, are minorities, you know, Hispanics and blacks and so forth, that are here legally who have served our country, and they can't receive anything. This is going to cost americans a lot of money in the state of california and in new york and it's and it's unreasonable because first of all like the president said we need to take care of america first that's exactly right and that's what it has always been about please uh let me let me ask you to pick right back up on the four points in the uh, better deal uh blueprint for a better deal for black america that, that speak to immigration yeah then the second thing that we want to do is terminate federal funding of any social service agency that provides non-emergency service to illegal immigrants. And that kind of cowtails off of point number one, because, again, the federal funding is being uh, not being used correctly. It's being used on those people who are not citizens and is depleting those funds at an astronomical rate. Uh, that, that's a very, very good point, too. And you know, what, I, what I would ask, though, how, how does Project 21, Emory, deal with the criticism um, of of those who would say you would be willing to deny illegal immigrants services that could be 
you know, it, when we say life-saving, you already pointed out this is except emergency services, but they would say food is life-saving. How could you deny them an EBT card? How could you deny them some sort of other welfare services uh, to keep them housed, Section 8 and so on and so forth? These are non-emergency, but they are necessary for survival. They would say you're being heartless. Project 21 doesn't care about people if they're going to deny them those kinds of services. How do you respond to that? Well, first of all, we try to bring the argument back around to had those people not come here illegally in the first place, they wouldn't have put themselves in that kind of predicament. And then secondly, we're not denying, and the Trump administration is not denying people any uh, food services or anything like that. As these people come in, they're doing the best that they can to care for these people, to give them essential needs and so forth as they screen them and take them through the processes and so forth. Those that are qualified for asylum and so forth, they're taking them in and they're treating them. They're looking at them. They're finding out that they have they have many many diseases and so forth, and and uh, they are taking care of them. We're not being uh, uh, super critical of these people. We're not being uh, uh, hard on these people. What we're trying to do is differentiate between those who are coming here illegally and putting themselves at risk. And that's exactly what they're doing, putting themselves at risk, because when they get here, the, the, the resources may not be available because we're running out of resources. So, therefore, we're being more humanitarian by asking those people to find out if their own country can help them before they come here. Why are they coming here? They're only coming here for one reason. That's because they think that they can come, uh, come in and get American services yep. free of charge. And, and that uh, the American people are going to feel sorry for them and bring them in. And they're also being brought in because the Democrat Party needs a new voter base, and this is exactly what they're doing, bringing these people in, putting them ahead of Americans. That's a very, very great point. It's kind of like that caravan from Honduras and uh, Guatemala that came up and is still sitting outside Tijuana largely. You know, they've been offered asylum and amnesty by Mexico, and they're like, nope, we want the gold standard. We want the American services. We're waiting to go into that country. It is, you know, which proves they're not necessarily looking to just escape the uh, immediate danger of their own countries. They are looking. About prosecuting providers and recipients, tell us about that one. Okay, yeah, prosecuting providers and recipients who allow um, scarce uh, federally funded social service to be used by those who are in the country illegally. Those people are, are doing so under the direction, for the most part, of the, those are, are their supervisors and so forth, and they're depleting our country's resources. This is highly uncalled for. They should be uh, held accountable by the um, um, uh, the you know United States Department. That's why the uh, Agriculture Department wants to take over these uh, functions and bring them back home so they can have more accountability. We can't continue to let people, based on their feelings, distribute these funds because at some point we already know that the uh, SNAP program is one of the largest expenditures in the federal uh, welfare budget and in the budget itself. So we have to get that back under control. We've got to crack down on illegal usage. We've got to crack down on those people who are doing it simply because they feel sympathetic and not realizing that the resources have to come from somewhere, and they're coming from the American taxpayer, and the American taxpayer is being taxed to death over mistakes and and ideology of these people. So we need to hold them accountable. And then lastly on the list uh, uh, in the blueprint for a better deal for black America, Emory, is uh, is ending states' special programs for assisting unlawful immigrants and redirecting those funds where they, where they should be directed to needy American citizens. That's exactly correct. We need to end that, you know, those programs, especially when you look at uh, 
the employment rate now is somewhere around three to four percent, and then the high threes, and, mm-hmm. and maybe the fours, the mid fours. Three point nine is that you think is where it is right now nationally. Yes, and and the programs call for the state to distribute these funds and the SNAP program uh, without the the work requirements and so forth to a seven percent. Well, now that we're down there, we could have these people, um, our you know our our our, our legal residents work for those 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 uh, resources and so forth but we need to stop giving those resources away to people who don't and haven't earned them that's the, the critical situation here we have americans who are needy we have americans who fall upon hard times who have been laid off we have americans who have uh disabilities and so forth who need these resources that are not able to get them i talk to people on a daily basis who say that they have gone down to the uh to get supplemental help and they can't receive that help because they're out of funds. And the reason why they're out of funds is because they're giving it to the people who don't deserve the funds in the first place. We've got to turn that around. That is very well said, uh, Emery McClendon, our guest. Emery, I'm out of time here, but I want to squeeze one last question in before you go. And this is about Project 21 in general, not necessarily the immigration issue. Uh, Candace Owens is, among others, a prominent black conservative who is with Turning Point USA, who is sponsoring and trying to promote and push Blexit, which is black exit from the Democrat Party, to to turning toward conservative principles uh, and the things that will truly allow blacks to, uh, like everybody else, advance and achieve that American dream free of the obstructions that have been put in front of them, largely by the Democrats that, that proclaim to help them. She has gotten a lot of support. Have you felt that at Project 21? Do you feel like there is a movement toward more independent, free-thinking black America as opposed to the 90% of black Americans that have voted for Democrats traditionally through the decades? Uh, yes, there is. And Candace Owen is doing a tremendous job you know, with enlightening that and also the, uh, the, uh, the movement that is going on that had the march in Washington, D.C., where people are leaving and exiting the Democrat Party. You know, I did that several years ago, it was many years ago, probably about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and um, we're seeing more and more people come to us as Project 21 members, as members of Blexit, as members of, of, of a walk-away program and so forth, and they're asking questions. We see also in the last election, uh, the uh, midterms, the number of black votes here in Indiana, where I live, and also around the country, have increased. Take a look at what Alan West said, Colonel Alan West said the other day about the number of blacks, uh, according to his surveys, that are asking questions and saying that, hey, we want to know more about the conservative movement. We want to know more about our president. We realize that what he's doing is good for all Americans, not just a group of Americans. So we're interested in learning more, and that's exactly what all of us united are trying to do whether we be in blexit whether we be in project 21 whether we be in the walkaway movement or just ordinary black conservatives trying to convince their relatives friends and neighbors emory uh, i'm i'm so glad to hear that uh because it is so very very important this is what true equality and true unity looks like it's not about black or white america it's about right america meaning right is incorrect and right wing while we're at it because it tends to be correct uh as well emory great stuff i'm so glad to hear you and project 21 speaking out in support of the president and the border security here we'll continue the fight and i hope we can stay in touch and continue the dialogue we will, and we will continue to support our president as long as he is working for all Americans, and that's in his heart, and that's exactly what he wants to do, and we appreciate that, because that makes for a better and united America. Amen to that, my friend. Thank you. God bless, sir. God bless. Bye. That's Emory McClendon, Project 21. we got to get out and catch up here on our traffic. Guess free the rest of the way. Dial now. Your turn on AM 1420, The Answer.
this station. Ten twenty-eight now. The Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. We are guest-free between now and eleven o'clock. So we have uh, plenty of opportunities for you to be heard on what we heard last night. I want to take just a moment to listen to another uh, line from the president um, uh, last night addressing the United States prime time, like we have been begging him to do for the last year or so. But particularly since this government shutdown started, we said the president needs to get out to the people, take the message of the hypocrisy of the Democrats and the true crisis at the border to the. Prime Primetime audience, this is part of what we got. All Americans are hurt by uncontrolled illegal migration. It strains public resources and drives down jobs and wages. Among those hardest hit are African Americans and Hispanic Americans. Our southern border is a pipeline for vast quantities of illegal drugs, including meth, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. We're talking about deadly drugs that are killing Americans just on their own because of the presence of those uh, of those drugs, fentanyl being the most lethal of them all, but also because of the drug running, because of the cartels, because of the gang members and those who traffic in those drugs, the number of people who are killed in the course of, of trafficking them. It is an extraordinarily violent crime. It is extraordinarily dangerous to take those drugs from one place to another, and people are often killed in the process, including killing one another. Cartel members fighting for territory, gang members fighting for territory, and then, of course, people being robbed, people being jacked as uh, drug addicts uh, fight to get their next fix and get enough money for their next uh, uh, buy. I mean, all of these things are just extraordinarily detrimental to the safety and the well-being of the American people. And for that reason, it is, in my view, a national security matter. It is a national emergency. And the President of the United States would be right to treat it as such. Last night was a start. To me, it wasn't enough, but it was a start. I want to get your thoughts on how the president sounded last night. Did he do enough? And where do we go from here? 216-901-0945, excuse me, 216-901-0945, or 888-281-1110. Right back with you after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1034 now, the Bob France Authority continues. Great, great rejoining music. Outstanding job, Mr. DJ. Thank you, uh, Samuel. Uh, that is outstanding. Puts me in a good mood. Puts me in a good mood. I, I got to tell you, I started the day in a bit of a sour mood. Not sour, just like I said, feeling a little empty, feeling a little bit disappointed that uh, what many of us have been calling for for the last several weeks of the shutdown and certainly for the last several months of the argument about the border wall, if not for the last year or two, as Daniel Horowitz did, uh, said, um, We've been calling for the president to take this message to the people and be direct with all of the facts and all of the information needed to move the needle, to move skeptical, moderate Americans who weren't wearing red hats that said MAGA, but who weren't wearing T-shirts said blank Trump either, that are just in the middle trying to decide, do we really need this? What's the scoop? Give me the real lowdown. And I wanted the president to do that yesterday. He gave part of the lowdown, but not enough of the lowdown in my view. He needed more information. He needed more uh, content in order to really move that needle. So I felt I kind of woke up a little bit disappointed in some of that. But I'm hopeful that a lot, like a lot of other callers have said, that is just a starting point. 
Last night was the beginning of a lot new inf- of new information coming from the White House. President's going to go to the border tomorrow. He's going to meet with Chuck and Nancy for another fruitless session today. They're not going to be any more moved today than they were yesterday to agree with the president. Uh, the pressure needs to be brought to them by the American people, which is why last night was so important. So let's just hope that it's the first step towards something that is going to be more impactful and is going to move the needle. All right, having said all of that, I want to bring on now somebody who wants to analyze the president's speech last night, but who also wants to make an outstanding, important programming announcement about AM 1420, The Answer. And I'm talking about my friend friend, uh, Khalid Namar uh, on AM 1420, The Answer. Not just as a caller, literally, Khalid Namar is going to be on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Hey, Khalid, how are you, my friend? I'm outstanding. Can you hear me okay? You sound just fine, my man. Uh, All right. so let's let's get to the let's get to the big news first about you and your cohorts uh, that are coming to Sunday nights on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Go ahead. Yes, yes, we've been working on this for a while. You and I had discussions about this over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now the Todd Allen Show is going to be on fourteen twenty. The answer on Sunday nights, nine o'clock. We have about two hours, and we're going to delve into all issues. Uh, we're a little bit different. We're going to be, you know, pop culture, politics, uh, social, political, economic issues. We're going to do some funny stuff, too. Uh, we're, we have a younger demo. But uh, we're going to get into a lot of these issues. We're going to delve into uh, things that the media will not and try to educate the audience on what's really going on. So I'm excited about this opportunity, uh, the Todd Allen Show uh, coming to 1420. Now, you guys, uh, you have been doing this show, you and Todd have been doing this show for a while now in other forums. Uh, what does it mean for you to get on this, uh, this, uh, this program, and, and the, not this program, but on this radio station and actually go mainstream? Well, you know, like I said, we've been working on this, getting to a wider audience, being in the family with yourself, Prager, uh, Larry Elder, and, you know, Sebastian Gorka, to be in that family, to be in the platform, to give us that reach. Uh, you know, to get it to get into the mix, we have a new uh, young co-host with us, Ashley Herzog. She used to write for uh, Red State Town Hall. She's our uh, co-host. Just joined us, so we're excited about her arrival. She's adding a, a, a new wrinkle to us. Uh, she's done a lot of work writing on things going on on college campuses, a lot of the campus craziness. So Ashley Herzog will be joining us as well. So we myself, Todd Allen, Ashley Herzog, and. This is a fantastic opportunity. It raises our profile, and hopefully we can get into a syndication situation where we can be heard around the country. But first things first, we got to take over this market and, and be that conservative uh, voice and hopefully do half as good a job as you've been doing this last couple of years. Well, I'll tell you what, you deserve it, I, and I mean that very seriously. I, I, I was talking about you off the air a few minutes ago. I mean, you truly are one of the, the best, most de- devoted and dedicated people to helping others that I know, and I mean that very seriously with so many of the other projects that I've talked to you about that you are engaged in. I am looking forward to hearing you and Todd and Ashley on Sunday nights. It's going to be at Sunday nights at 9 o'clock, the Todd Allen Show, uh, featuring uh, Khalid Namar as well as Ashley Herzog, and it's going to be, uh, and Todd, of course, the namesake, uh, it's going to be an awful lot of fun. It's going to be a great listen. You'll learn a lot. I'm looking forward to it myself. So I'm so glad to be able to make that announcement here on this program. Now, Khalid, you and I spoke very briefly uh, this morning, or actually just communicated this morning, 
I wanted to ask your opinion uh, of what you heard last night from the president, what you heard from uh, Heckle and Jekyll afterwards, and then also from uh, uh, the uh, airhead bartender uh, on CNN, or excuse me, on uh, Rachel Maddow after that. Go ahead. Oh, it cracks me up every time I hear you say that. Uh, you know, if this woman, she's getting all this attention, and I'll go to the speech first, but mm-hmm. the speech, I agree with you, was short. I was, I was disappointed that it was short. Also, I think that some of the things he could have brought out, uh, as Mr. Horowitz brought out earlier, are the real dangers of the problem. People are naive about the problem, and the media does not report what's going on in South America. We have five failed states going on in Latin America right now. You have criminal gangs spinning over to Paraguay. You have Brazilians who are flooding into, uh, or Venezuelans flooding into Brazil and Colombia, and they're bringing disease. You have gangs ruling everything in Central America with Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala. And then you have Daniel Ortega in Nicaragua, who is running amok down there, somebody we thought we dealt with 25 years ago. The media has not reported on any of this, particularly in Nicaragua. You have five failed states. Everyone can't come to the United States and live here. And as Ariana Falacci said, uh, the late Italian thinker and writer, nations don't, uh, aren't murdered, they commit suicide. And if we don't get a handle on this problem now, uh, you won't recognize this country in 10 years. And it's getting that way in certain parts of the country. So the president's speech, I agree with you, should have gone a little further. It should have been more impactful in explaining to people what the actual problem and what the dangers are and what we face if we don't get uh, a handle on this problem. And the Democratic response is nonsensical as usual. They want to tell us that a wall it won't be effective, but they know that drones will be effective. And how many of these wealthy people use drones uh, to <laughs> secure their property? And if walls did not work, no one would build a wall anywhere. That that's and, and that's exactly right. The president did you know borrow that line. It's been one often repeated in memes and in you know social media <laughs> that if uh, walls don't work, why do all of these prominent Democrats have their homes surrounded by either uh, fences or gates or walls around their actual property or around the gated communities in which they live? Uh, clearly, it is about keeping bad people out and uh, making sure that the people inside are safe. I heard it put another way too, uh, Khalid and. And I, and I don't mind if the president uses all of these kind of cliches or these, or these sayings, uh, but, but, uh, uh, a wall isn't necessarily to keep you out. It's to direct you to the place where you might be invited in. That's what it's all about. We've, you know, we've got all, we all live in walls and we have doors on them and we will invite you in if we want you in. Uh, we're not just going to live completely, uh, borderless where you can come and go as you please. That's what this is all about. It is not about keeping the world out of the United States, but it's waiting for them to be, or not waiting, but it's about asking them to be patient until they're invited in. And that's what it, that's the only way that you can keep your sovereignty. Yeah, but that's if Democrats actually cared about sovereignty because Harry Reid, 20 years ago or so, I think it was actually back in 93, most people don't know this, he sponsored a bill to end birthright citizenship for the children of illegal immigrants. He was a very anti-illegal immigration until very recently. We know Harry Reid's history. We know that they've all voted for barriers in the past. Uh, and border, uh, border walls and so forth and fences and everything of that nature. They've done this. I don't think that the president has enough people in his administration selling the, uh, troops to the American public. They're allowing Don Lemon and, and the morning joke to, to, to steal the narrative and the Democrats to basically flip on things that they voted for and supported. Uh, they've also brainwashed the public into believing that the president pretty much has no executive authority to do anything with regard to protecting the country. When in fact, that's his primary 
responsibility is to protect the country. There's about 136 statutes that gives the president wide authority in protecting the country. And yes, he can call an emergency, but it has to be explained to Congress. But it isn't blatantly uh, unconstitutional, as some of these people want to make you believe. It, what can the president do if he can't protect the country? And they're, they're telling us every action he takes is somehow unconstitutional or illegal, and it's absolutely nonsense. The president needs a constitutional spokesperson to come out and say, yes, this is my authority, and this is what I'm able to do. I would take that job tomorrow. You would uh, you would probably have uh, some other people in line for it, uh, uh, Khalid. Khalid Namar is uh, joining us. Khalid, well, he's a regular caller of this program, and now he's a colleague as well because he is going to be co-hosting the Todd Allen Show Sunday nights at 9 o'clock on AM 1420, The Answer, along with uh, Ashley Herzog, their, their third host, and it's going to be an awful lot of fun. It's going to be a great listen. Um, last thing before you go, did the president miss an opportunity to point out the hypocrisy Last night, because on this program, I play these on a routine basis. I play Chuck Schumer uh, saying we not only did we do we need a border wall. He was proud uh, that in 2006 we funded a border wall. We funded 630 miles of border barriers because of how effective they are in cutting down on illegal immigration. I wanted him to play that the way I do. I wanted him to play Nancy Pelosi's comments. I wanted him to play Hillary and Barack Obama and all of these comments in which people on the left who now oppose Trump's border wall argued on behalf of its need um, throughout the course of the last several years. I, I feel like that's what was mostly missing. You know, it was just, it, 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 this is a political fight, and that's what it's all about. Uh, it's about 2020 for, for the left primarily. Um, I feel like if the president would have called them out on that and really shown that to the people who don't listen to my show or to Prager's show or Elder or anybody else, uh, and, and who don't watch Fox News, last night on prime time with the whole world watching on all of those networks, it was the only time to reach people that perhaps never heard Chuck Schumer say those things, never heard all of the Democrats, uh, you know, in, in, in the height of their hypocrisy. Do you think, Khalid, that was the biggest missed mark? Absolutely. We know that the Republican Party has been horrible on messaging for quite some time. If I were some donor, if I had a few thousand bucks in my pocket, I would have made a commercial with a montage of Bill Clinton, Chuck Schumer, Barack Obama, uh, Hillary Clinton, and Harry Reid, and others talking exactly as Trump has been talking the last couple of years. I would have been playing that pretty much for the past six or seven months, and I would have been making the case to the people, hey, my language isn't extreme at all, because the last two presidents, Democratic presidents before me, ran on this very same issue. Uh, with, with my work with the American Trinity Project, uh, we were partner Dan Messina, where we teach the Constitution and we teach a lot of history and political issues. I've seen children and young people that we've talked to about things they didn't know and watched their mouths drop open and say, wow, I didn't know this. A lot of what people believe is what they don't know, because, again, the Republican Party's messaging has been horrible. So I agree with you. He did miss an opportunity to uh, play uh, Schumer's flip-flops, Harry Reid's flip-flops, and tell the American people, I am not an extremist on this issue. That's right. He's not. He's mainstream on the issue for crying out loud because we were, oh, we should all, and, and when he won the presidency, it's because 60 plus million people agreed with that. And, 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 you know, what you said 
I believe that if you had a few thousand dollars in your pocket, you would have bought that advertising time. But number one, you don't. And number two, even if you did, people would have to see those commercials on whatever programs they watch. It would be hit or miss. Last night was free. And it was on every program. It wasn't hit or miss. It was everywhere. And that's why it was so frustrating for me not to hear that part of this thing. So uh, we'll, we'll have to leave it there for now. And, and like I said, hopefully it was just the first step of many things to come and truly trying to open the eyes of some of the American uh, public that is uh, not necessarily paying attention to this in the right manner. So uh, we'll uh, we'll t- obviously talk to you again about that. And, of course, I hope we'll make this a regular visit, and especially now that you're Absolutely. a colleague. We'll have you on once a week and kind of talk about what's coming up on the show. Uh, can you tell us that, by the way, what's coming up on the debut show? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about, of course, the shutdown, of course, the border issue. We're going to delve into the pop culture issue because this latest huge controversy uh, with the R. Kelly situation. We're going to be talking about things like the new uh, things you've talked about, the gender uh, rule, uh, birth certificate rule in New York, and how frightening that is. You know, mm-hmm. to put male or female on birth certificate for children. How, how wonderful is that? Uh, but definitely we're going to get into the shutdown issue, and we're going to educate people about you know, what's really going on in terms of the positions that the Democratic Party has had over the past 10 years. Uh, 15 years with regard to, to this issue, and also talk about some of the legal authority that the president does have, so people don't uh, buy the nonsense that they're hanging on MSNBC. That's important, no question about it. And since you brought up the gender thing, I'll just kind of throw this out there. I don't know if you believe it included in your program or not, but um, uh, a New York bar apparently has gotten court approval to turn people away for wearing shirts that identify their accurate gender. Uh, I don't know if you saw that story, uh, but but a woman no, wore a woman wore a T-shirt that said, "I am 100% female biological woman." I'm paraphrasing it, and she was kicked out because it was it was not inclusive, and it might make people who are not 100% whatever gender they are feel bad. So she was kicked oh, out, and apparently God. that's okay now. Yeah, apparently that's okay now. So uh, good luck with that one. <laughs> I see if you can throw that one into your New York insanity. I would just add this, Bob. You and I are pretty much a year apart. We grew up in the 80s. We're 80s kids. We also remember those 70s a bit. And I guess Helen Reddy's song, I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar, which should be banned from the radio now. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think over the uh, over the course of uh, Christmas time, I had somebody come on and say that has been changed to uh, I Am Woman, Hear Me Whine. Uh, but that's a different yeah. story. All right. Hey, listen, uh, great to talk to you, Khalid. Thank you so much. Best of luck on the new show. Its first date's debut is Sunday, 9 o'clock. Uh, the Todd Allen Show is what you'll be looking for and listening for with Khalid Damar and Ashley, their co-host. And Khalid, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, buddy, for the time. Appreciate you. You, you, you got it, my brother. You. you got it. Thank you so much, Khalid. Great stuff there. 10.50, let's get a quick time out and come back in with more of your calls on AM 1420. The answer. In numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend Ten fifty-four. final segment of the Bob France Authority on this Wednesday morning. Thanks so much for being a part of it. Thanks to my guests, Daniel Horowitz, uh, as well as uh, Emery McClendon from Project 21. I just followed Emery on Twitter. Uh, I'm not a big Twitter user. I use it because I have to from time to time. 
But when I find good people like this, uh, I really enjoy following them. Emery McClendon. If you're a Twitter user, first of all, follow me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. You might also find me at Radio uh, Radio Done Right. And then look for Emery. It's a hard handle. It's probably why he doesn't have more followers than he should, because it's KB9IBW. <laughs> KB9IBW. I don't know what the code means, uh, but it's Emery McClendon who, is a, McClendon, who is a patriot and activist who loves the USA and refuses to be politically correct, conservative speaker and founder of Armad.net, and he is with Project 21. Really enjoyed that conversation with him. As well as um, our friend uh, Khalid Namar and his new show that is coming to AM 1420, The Answer, on Sunday nights. Uh, back to it. TJ in Cleveland's been waiting. Hi, TJ. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you know, Bob, uh, You know, I've always been good at math, so I tend to reduce things to the lowest common denominator. And, you know, about the wall, I have a wall around my property, and it serves two purposes. First, it protects my family and my property, and it also protects the public. Because behind my wall, I kind of have a four-legged drone. It's a large German shepherd, and it protects the public from her, too. Uh, but I like that, by the way. <laughs> it protects them from her as much as the other way around. Yeah, and, and, you know, I live in Cleveland, and, you know, Cleveland kind of is, you know has a tendency to hire crime. And knock on wood, Bob, and I'm going to knock on wood here, uh, I have never been broken in. My cars have never been broken in. Where I've, My neighbors have experienced this stuff, and a lot has to do with the wall around my property. My driveway's fenced in, my backyard, everything's fenced in. So they do work. And one other quick thing about with Trump I agreed with you totally, Bob, except I didn't know at the time he was only given eight minutes. And eight minutes isn't a whole lot of time to explain anything. I have uh, not it, confirmed that, by the by, uh, TJ. I, 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 the first I'd ever heard of that was from Daniel this morning. I'm not saying he's right. wrong. I just haven't confirmed it independently or got anybody else to corroborate it. And I would still submit to you, however, if it was true that they said, please keep it eight minutes, Mr. President. If he goes 15 minutes, they're not cutting him off. They're not. He's he's gonna he's gonna get that message and they're gonna continue to broadcast it because that's what you do. I don't think they've ever done that in the history of American politics. So, uh, so I don't know if it's true. If it is true, I still think he should have said the hell with you. I'm gonna speak until I'm done speaking. The people need to know what's going on. Our government is shut down for crying out loud, and I'm trying to talk about how to get it back in operational again. And I want people to know what the need is and why we're fighting over this border wall. He should not be limited at eight minute to eight minutes by anybody in that regard. And you're right, Bob. And see, here's the problem with facts, though. You know, when he gives his side of the facts, and then they rebuke him with their side of the facts, and the people in the middle are sitting there thinking, well, whose facts are really facts? Yep. This is where I think presentation comes in real important. Because you can well, sit there and, and, and give well, facts. Well, it, it, it does, TJ. Them, pardon? Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. It does. And here's the best presentation. Play. Nancy and Chuck and Barack and Hillary and everybody else all arguing for border fence. There you go. They've all argued for it and, in fact, voted to fund it for crying out loud. They've all done it. And so that's the best fact in the world. Here's their voices, everyone. Now when they come on when I'm done speaking here, perhaps you can ask them, uh, uh, media, ask them what changed. Ask them why they believed that border fences worked before, but now they say they don't. Ask them if it's because they really, truly changed their mind or because... They hate me that's that's the best presentation the president could have given and that's one of the things that i thought was a missed opportunity barbara in cleveland heights you're going to wrap it up for us barbara go ahead okay two things um another rendition i am woman i'm invincible i'm exhausted (laughs) (laughs) i like that one too (laughs) okay 
<laughs> but um, also, in terms of visuals, I think Trump was too steady. I mean, I think he's better when he's sort of like him, you know, just off the cuff, sort of his himself. But also, the visuals, you could have had visuals with people climbing over the wall, with people crying with family members that they've lost. I think it was a lost opportunity. Yes. Like you say, Nancy Pelosi, any of these visuals, because that speaks so much so much to people that are obviously visual, but you know, I like that. Yeah, that that would that's kind of what I'm talking about. Last night was the only time yeah. you're going to have a captive audience, and you need to hit them with all of those things. I totally agree. Right. As to him uh, being yeah. better speaking off the cuff, I will. Like I said before, I think that's dangerous when he tries to go off the cuff because you never know what he's going to say, and it could be the wrong thing. I like him staying on script. I just wish he was better at reading scripts. That's just the, the reality. Is he's when he reads off the teleprompter, he doesn't sound great. Um, but it's better than to me going off the off the cuff and saying something that is going to be completely uh, erroneous. Thanks so much to everybody for being a part of the show today. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's next. We'll see you tomorrow on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Enjoy the silence. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525.